right at the bottom of the hour, 5.30, Monday afternoon. Bob Black with you here. Lewis producing over there on the other side of the glass. Let's talk some baseball to start this segment. I think it might segue into a little bit of basketball as well. Guy we've been looking to get on for a while now has got a couple of really neat books out that we want to talk about. I'm going to start on the baseball side with him. I know he'll like that. Uh, David Driver is our guest, and he's got, as I said, those books out. The baseball one really focuses in on the Commonwealth of Virginia. It's been out for a while now called From Tidewater to the Shenandoah, Snapshots from Virginia's Rich Baseball Legacy. We welcome David Driver to the program this afternoon. Hello, David. How are you? Hi, Bob. Uh, Good to talk to you, and uh, it's good to... uh, chat with you again i got to see you in brooklyn for basketball late last year so good to connect again absolutely so even before i dive into the the books and everything and as i told people you've become this great expert on virginia baseball and how good it it's been and by that i mean the commonwealth of baseball so i'm talking earlier today about justin verlander we obviously know his his virginia roots and that he's at 250 wins, and could he get to 300? He'd have to average 17 a season. He'd go, where's he go? All of that. And you won up that, as I was reading through some of your tweets yesterday, when he won yesterday, number 250, with 16 more wins, Verlander ties Hall of Famer Epa Rixie for most wins in MLB history by a Virginia native. You love this stuff, don't you, David? (laughs) Hey, what's more important? Forget 300. Let's focus on Virginia, right? Um, You know, because of this book, which uh, I did with Lacey Lusk, uh, who actually grew up in the Richmond area, um, it came out exactly a year ago, maybe a year and one week. So because of the book, you know, I started finding stuff like this. And um, I did a story on Epirixi years ago, tracked down some of his relatives in Cincinnati. So yeah, anything Virginia related. I do like history. I know for some people I'm I'm dating myself and the demographics maybe don't skew to the younger generation. But yeah, I mean that I, he certainly has a certainly has a great shot at getting it, right? He only needs 16 more. So, but yeah, I mean and, and as his brother Ben said on social media, you know, he, uh, Verlander Justin has one of the best winning percentages in baseball history. So, just kind of Nice to be able to claim him both from the Richmond area and, of course, uh, down in the 757 as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's go back to the book, and, and happy anniversary on the one-year anniversary <laughs> of this one. What what started this whole thing for you guys, David? I mean, I know there's a, a passion and a love for baseball, but why zero in the way you did You know, on all the, the towns here in Virginia and all the players that have come out of here? Yeah, well, well, Lacey and I were fortunate to, to cover the Washington Nationals for various people, various outlets over the years. And, and so we got to be in the press box uh, occasionally and several times, actually. And we, we chatted about doing a podcast at one point and back before everybody else in the world was doing a podcast. Um, <laughs> but after the basketball book came out in March of 2022, um, I started thinking, okay, I've now done this thanks to other people that helped me along the way. So it was February, and I thought, man, I had some time on my hands. I just left Harrisonburg as the sports editor and uh, was kind of in between jobs. And and so I approached Lacey and said, man, if I'm going to do this, you know, now's the time to do it. And it came out in July of last year. And, you know, and since it's come out, so many great things have happened in Virginia. The last two years, I think, have been really special for the Commonwealth for all levels, and we can certainly dive into that. But that's kind of how it all started. Um, we, Our two goals were 
let's do all areas of Virginia. Let's try to represent all the regions of Virginia, and let's try to do as many levels of baseball as we can. We didn't get a deep dive into the Little League or even high schools in some areas because obviously time and and resources were were limited. So I, I know we missed things. We missed players. I'm sure we did, but we tried to do the best we can um, I'm not aware of another book like this. I've read books about the history of baseball in Richmond, the history of baseball in Norfolk, but I've never seen anything that uh, encompasses the whole state. So that, that makes me feel good, and it's been great, some of the, the reception we've gotten for the book. Oh, absolutely. And, hey, the bottom line is we got pretty good baseball here in Virginia. Not, not that you needed to write a book to figure that out, but I think it certainly accentuates it for the people that are, are reading the book. And we're in a pretty good space right now, aren't we, David, for baseball in Virginia? You know, and Lacey's covered baseball for Baseball America for a long time, and he has a great grasp of this. Um, I think, and you know, you've, you've been around sports enough to know that things are cyclical, um, you know, some pro college program might have a good 10-year run and then a downtime. So I think that's what we're seeing now. I would venture, you know, and people can disagree, I would kind of say this is the probably the best stretch for Virginia baseball as a whole in, say, the last 20 years um, since David Wright and Ryan Zimmerman and the Upton brothers. That group, since they came out of Tidewater and were drafted roughly about 20 years ago, um, I would say this is the best run. I mean, Virginia Tech last year, you know, super regional, and I was able to go down for that. The Cavaliers, another trip to the World Series. And we tried to represent Division Three in this book as well. Um, you know, you know this, Randolph-Macon, mm-hmm. um, Lynchburg wins the national championship, Shenandoah and Winchester. You know, I'm biased. I'm, I'm an EMU grad and was a very good player, so I'm biased. But we wanted to have Division Three, but – you know, the Mid-Atlantic, when it comes to Division Three baseball, you know, Virginia's right up there. So um, great high school programs. You know, obviously the Flying Squirrels have been part of three world championships with the Giants. So I think that's what maybe makes Virginia a little distinctive. Oh, yeah, we don't have a pro team per se, but you've got these small towns, and we can talk about the County League, the Valley League, but then these small towns that have produced major leaguers. So I, I think – you know, the weather has a factor. Obviously, everybody knows about Texas and Florida and California, but um, Virginia certainly has held its own here, especially in the draft this year as well. Oh, absolutely. No, there was a long list of guys, not only from Virginia and Virginia Tech, but other schools like uh, William & Mary and James Madison had, had guys go um, as well. And, and some of the roots of all of this, David, correct me if I'm wrong here, are the small towns that have baseball, that have had minor league baseball over the years. And that's kind of reshaped a little bit here lately, hasn't it, because of what Major League Baseball has done with, uh, you know, kind of reducing the number of minor league teams that are out there. Correct, and I and I have my Shenandoah Valley bias. I'll admit. I mean, I played in the county league in the Rockingham County League, you know, a long time ago. Um, and then I grew up. You know, my dad grew up taking me to the Harrisonburg Turk games. And I mean, back in the seventies, I got to see for, you know future major leaguers. So um, and so you have the Valley League and you have the Rockingham County League right along the I eighty one corridor. And then you could even go down to Bristol and Covington. Danville, you know, you could write a book on just the minor league history of Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, I've told people, you know, if you did this book at north in Maryland, it would be dominated by the Orioles. If you did this book south in North Carolina, it would probably be dominated by the minor leagues. I think Virginia 
kind of has a little bit of both. I mean, we don't have a major league team, but we, you know, certainly fans have grown up following the Yankees, of course, the Braves because of television, and now the Orioles and Nationals. David Driver with us on the uh, Sports Huddle this afternoon. I was just thinking back, uh, David, as you rattled off, you know, I'm a D3 guy, too, as well as D1. I think you missed my Roanoke Maroons in there when you were talking about all the um, great Division Three teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, <laughs> I, give, and, I, I got to give them a shout-out, too, because I got bloodlines yeah. who are on that team in Well, yeah, and, uh, you know, I, and we, both, we both have, I think, children who played D3. My daughter yeah. played volleyball at Eastern Mennonite. Yeah. When I was at Eastern when I was at Eastern Mennonite, Roanoke was the basketball power. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you remember that. So, yeah, yep. certainly can't. I yep. mean, let's, most coaches, most baseball coaches across the country will agree that the ODAC is probably one of the best baseball conferences around. And we've certainly seen from a basketball standpoint, too. With, yep. with uh, you know, So, yeah, so I think that just throws into it that back to what you said about small towns i think that makes virginia unique the odac the valley league you know you got the coastal plains league as well so um you know obviously you got richmond and norfolk and northern virginia as huge metropolitan areas but then the rest of the state those small town roots come come through and i hope they do in the book all right, and you alluded to to Randolph making in their basketball success in a national championship. And shout out to them and Lynchburg on the baseball front that we talked about earlier this year. So, so let's transition to that to that other book that that you did, um, and why you kind of zeroed in on this one. And I mentioned to our audience, hoop dreams in Europe, American basketball players building careers overseas. Take us kind of through this and and what kind of the the spark was to to taking a look at this. Yeah, well, thanks, Bob. I mean, um, first of all, my wife and I and our two daughters, we lived in Hungary for three years. So Ah, um, during that, my wife taught at a university in in southern Hungary. I was pretty much the Mr. Dad and um, had a chance to travel around. So that's kind of how it all started. Um, And so I put it on hold for almost 20 years. Um, Just the timing was never right. But once COVID got a little less severe, my wife and I went to Spain um, I got to see two women's games there, met some American guys in Seville. And so when we got back, I'm like, okay, if I'm going to do this, let's get it out by March of last year. So that's what, So it's really a compilation of, of a lot of the stories that I did um, in the last 20 years, but a lot of them are up to date. And, of course, I updated it with, a, with an afterward and forward. And there are a lot of Virginia connections in there. It's, it's really a mid-Atlantic book. It's a national book, but I certainly went back to my Virginia roots for this one as well. Um, compare and contrast a little bit then for us and what you saw from basketball overseas and what we are kind of used to seeing. And obviously, you know, the NBA is full of, of international players at this point and even the college game. But but just kind of some of the things that you saw over there. Yeah, I mean, I've really I have followed the draft. It's been really interesting to follow the draft for the last 20 years. And, and I'm always looking to see yeah. what, who are the internet. The international players, so much has changed in 20 years. Um, but I will say this, and I was watching some games on television a few months ago in, in the Polish League in Europe, um, and, and you know this from your many years with Richmond, it, the European game, to me, feels more like Division One in the States. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there's pressure on the ball on every possession. Um, the ball touches everybody's hands almost on every possession. Um, the fans... Even if you're at an arena with all, that only holds a thousand fans or five thousand fans, it, it's it's like March Madness um, to some extent. 
Now, not not you know not every night, but um, usually in Europe they only play one night a week, um, so that's unique. So it, it really it really is more like Division One in the states than I would say the NBA. Now, if you go to Spain and France and Italy, you're going to see NBA caliber players, and I and I hope that I don't think a lot of fans in America realize that that Americans can go overseas and have a great career. Mm-hmm. Okay, they don't play they don't play in the NBA, but they can play ten years in Europe. Some of them can make two hundred, three hundred, you know, five hundred thousand dollars a year, and you know you can do the math. So I don't think there's anything wrong with a person who's never made it to the NBA. They can have really good careers overseas as well. Oh, I would absolutely echo that. We see it all the time. A lot of college guys that go over there, and not only David do they have great careers, but they wind up really loving it overseas just from a, a, yeah. a way of life standpoint right yeah and, and you know my my wife and i are actually um on our way back to poland um we, we moved there a couple months ago so we're going back and forth but wow. we're, we're there doing doing humanitarian work with the mennonite church um and i got to some games in italy and poland so i think it takes a special man and woman um and we do have a lot of women in this book which i'm really glad about it does take a, a i know if i was 21 years old and moved to europe <laughs> I, I would have i I couldn't have done it. I mean, but so it takes a special person. Um, you have to be willing to try new things. You have to branch out a little bit. I think those are the ones that succeed. Um, you'll find a couple you know college graduates that'll just say, okay, you know, I'm just gonna go to Europe and play a year or two. We met a, my wife and I met a woman from Davidson. She was playing in Portugal, and it's like, you know, if I do this one or two years and I go home and get a nine to five job, <laughs> that's no problem. I look at it as a, kind of a continuation of my education. So, yeah. you know, I've talked to so many people that said, wow, I never thought I'd be in Rome, Italy, you know, getting to see the Colosseum. And that's the only way I would have ever been able to see it is because of basketball. So I think there's there's something really unique about that. Ab- absolutely. Uh, so that, that's one of the two books we've talked about with David Driver this afternoon. I'll finish it up with you. Uh, so you've, you've got two. Uh, they've done well. Is there anything on the horizon uh, here that you might yeah, tip us off to? You know, um, well, thanks for asking. Um, there is a possibility. I, I thought that maybe I, I was happy if that was the only two books I ever did. Yeah. Um, I do have a, I do have a proposal in. I won't go into too much detail. I'm waiting to hear back from a publisher. It's about a former Baltimore Orioles pitcher. I will, I can say it is not Jim Palmer. Um, he, he can write his own book. So yeah. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I, I did self-publish. The first two had a lot of great help from a designer in Waynesboro for the first one, a designer in Harrisonburg for the second one. But um, I thought, okay, if a, if a third one's going to happen, I'm going to try to find a publisher, um, you know, help me out on PR and things like that. Mm-hmm. So we'll, oh, we'll see. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll certainly keep you posted, but nothing, nothing imminent at this point. That's per- perfect radio tease right there for, for our audience. Uh, and, and if they're intrigued enough that they're interested in the books, David, uh, can they get them in, in normal places? Or where where's the best way to pick up a copy of either of these books? Yeah, so thanks, Bob. I, I think the easiest is simply to go to Google. And, and uh, both, of, both of them are available on Amazon. Um, just Google uh, from Tidewater to the Shenandoah and plug in David Driver. And then Hoop Dreams in Europe. Um, by David Driver is probably the easiest way. Mm-hmm. There are also links on my website, um, which is Dayton, 
david.com, Dayton, like the town close to Harrisonburg, not the one in Ohio. Uh, <laughs> okay. you, can, you can tell Doug the SID at Dayton. I said that. Um, yes, so there's, yeah, so DaytonDavid.com, um, there's links there. And it's actually on the Barnes & Noble website as well. So, so, um, very, very yeah, accessible. So. Good. Very good. Well, glad we had the opportunity to catch up. Uh, it sounds like you're really busy. Good luck and safe travels. And uh, hopefully a lot of people pick up copies of both of these fascinating books. And we're rooting for you to have another one somewhere down the road there, David. <laughs> well, we'll see. I, as, as Lacey and I have told people, um, it's been a lot of fun. It's been great to get feedback on the baseball book. Um, and let's face it, royalties are not going to let us to retire to the south of France. <laughs> So that is totally fine. <laughs> uh, well done. Really well done on both of them and fun catching up with you today. And hopefully we'll do it again before too long. Thank you, David. Great. Thank you very much, Bob. Great to talk to you. David Driver. Again, the two books from Tidewater to Shenandoah, Snapshots from Virginia's Rich Baseball Legacy, and it is certainly that, and Hoop Dreams in Europe, American basketball players building careers overseas. Uh, something I've seen firsthand from a lot of college guys at, at many different schools that have done really, really well going overseas. Not only the basketball, but the literally the experience of a lifetime of being able to travel and, and see the world through their basketball abilities. Um, 547 on the Sports Auto. One more segment to go. We'll get you up to 6 o'clock on a Monday afternoon on 1061 ESPN.